It's late. <laughs> I talk quieter at night. <laughs> well, we got sleeping kids. We hit that point of the day where we can kind of let down now. <sighs> <laughs> it's the best part of the day. <laughs> so, it has been one week since we recorded our first episode of Quarterly Learnings and since we decided to dig into studying humor. And it was kind of a weird transitional week. I feel like yeah. we're both still sort of figuring out what this is too and how yeah. how to engage with this podcast and what that looks like for us. And I kind of think even as we pick different topics for each quarter, like. There might be some of that transitional figuring out how to study that topic yes. each time around. Yeah, what have you done this week to study humor? <laughs> I think most of the things that I've done, we've done together. Yeah. Um, so we have that masterclass subscription, which mm -hmm. has been very fun for me. Yeah. And so specifically for this, we've been watching Steve Martin talk about comedy and um, that's been really fascinating. I really like Steve Martin. I feel like I knew his act before I knew who he was because my dad would often quote lines from that. That uh -huh. It was kind of a fun thing for me later on in life to then discover it and think, oh, oh that's this where this from. comes from. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure Thaddeus will have those. Uh... Uh, that's true because you do a lot of quoting. Exactly. Things, yeah. So it was fun to hear him deconstruct certain bits that I was very familiar with or sort of talk about how he created those and yeah. the purposefulness that goes into it. I think a lot of times when I enjoy any sort of media, if you do it well, any art, it, it looks and feels effortless. Yeah, natural. Hearing Paul McCartney talk about writing Beatles songs has a similar a similar huh. feel to me like oh this is really purposeful i have this idea of inspiration hitting somebody you know yeah but they're working through stuff they just showed up and wrote a lot of songs it wasn't like mm. oh here's this riff like we're gonna sit down today and we're gonna write a song and they, like that intentional of like yeah they're working uh -huh. at it and they were so prolific yeah yeah but they showed up every day and were writing you know right. since they were teenagers together that's really interesting. And so they build that muscle too, and that, that yeah. you know, it gets easier. But there's also alternate takes where there's not a great solo, you know, <laughs> until they, but then they find it. It's work. Yeah. And so with Steve Martin, yeah. back to this class, he really kind of laid that out. And here's where my mind was. Here's what I wanted to project. And uh -huh. here's how I involved things. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, I agree. I think that's been one of the most interesting things with that class is how intentional he was in creating his act. And, mm -hmm. and even some of the things he was saying about like, like, I remember at one point him saying like, you need to talk about comedy all the time. You need to mm -hmm. get together with your friends and talk about comedy and try things out and right. do this over and over again. And it should like, I don't remember how he said it, but he was talking about like, basically, you need to be thinking about this all the time and never stop mm -hmm. um, crafting it and use anything you can in everyday life and all of that. And that was an interesting thought to me. Yes. I have things that I'm passionate about or whatever, but being that passionate about something where you like think about it all the time mm -hmm. and never stop and you talk about it all the time. Yes. I don't know. I'm not sure that I would be that 
I don't know. And even even things he that was focus. saying, like this this line or or whatever, mm-hmm. this bit is not right for the act. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you chuck it in the bin. Yeah, that was interesting. This too. is a funny line to say at dinner, or mm-hmm. this ended up in some play. Yeah. And yeah, he had different examples of using things in the right context. Yeah. And you find that we talk about having a string of failures, and I think part of that, this podcast is even that, just trying yeah. things. And as you show up and try things, you turn over rocks and find things, and maybe it's maybe not it's a you bit use right for now, the act, maybe it's not, yeah. but maybe it's something else. Um, so I think that's a lot of that, just talking about it all the time, Yeah, is in that similar vein of really trying to have a string of failures, right. because that's how you find that needle in the haystack. Yeah. I thought it was interesting how intentional he was also with thinking about what are other people not doing mm. and how can I utilize that? What's the need that Yeah, yeah. And I he talked fill. about this like need that he, that he could fill and he talked about, I, I mean, at one point he talked about how he decided he wasn't going to use punchlines because everyone else is, you know, everyone else uses punchlines. And, and he was thinking about the times when he really laughs hard with his friends or those times when there wasn't really a punchline. It was just that, like, kind of giddy laughter kind of thing. And, and thinking through intentionally using that in his act was really interesting. I don't know. That was interesting to me. Yeah, I think I've been thinking a lot lately about voice from a writing standpoint and mm-hmm. how to craft a voice and how you find your voice. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things I've been hearing are that you kind of, the way to find your voice is to try on other people's really, like, yes. you just test things out. Mm-hmm. And, and some of that is that string of failures, is like just trying things and testing it out and imitating other people and seeing what fits and what doesn't and what yes. works for you. But I thought that that was almost a different approach than that. And instead of trying out other people's voices and seeing what fits for you, trying out what no one else is doing mm. and seeing if that fits for you, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like it felt... Like a little different approach in some ways. And I and I think maybe really finding your voice is some combination of, of trying things out and imitating other people until you find your voice, but also finding those things that no one else is doing and that are unique to mm-hmm. you and to mm-hmm. what you can offer. Yeah, I, I think that is interesting. And when you talk about him pulling out the punchlines, yeah. he, he, he talked about having this manifesto, basically doing a stand-up act without punchlines yeah. or jokes. Which sounds and, like it wouldn't work, or you know, but it does. Yeah, but he, he talked about this idea of comedy being this build-up of yeah, tension right. and then that this release. Really interesting. And yeah. so he didn't really give the audience a natural release point. Mm-hmm. So they had to find what was funny for themselves. Mm-hmm. That was sort of interesting to me to turn it on its head that you're not telling the audience what's funny, yeah. but they're finding their own. It's like the story that they tell themselves in a mm. way, Yeah. Um, which is sort of, I, I wonder what, if there's any sort of carryover to an author, how, how you could do that as you are literally crafting a story. Sure. <laughs> how would you get them to tell? But this idea <laughs> of the story that the audience tells themselves is really fascinating to me. That is interesting. And I thought that was such an interesting, like the the idea that humor is attention release Mm -hmm. was really interesting to me. I afterwards thought about that and the times that I've laughed the hardest. Yeah. I think we're fairly tense Tense. times. (laughs) So I I think that there's some truth to that. Yeah, it is is interesting. And I think that now that I'm thinking about it, I think that that's something you do well. I think that when we're in a group setting, Mm. you're really good at like, throwing out these little quips or like little witty remarks or little um, 
snidicides or mm-hmm. things like that. And I hadn't really thought of them as tension release, but mm-hmm. it does. It feels like these little like valve release kind of things. Interesting. Sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah. Not in the like like I think Steve Martin he's like building this tension and intentionally building it, and then just not giving the release to right. them. Right. Yes. And and I think the way I think of those remarks is a little bit like this like slow valve. Like it's it's not a big build tension thing. It's just like a little... There's tension building in the group and exactly. so then I and put it when like in. And you just like put in a little thing uh-huh. or like, you know, and just huh. release it out. Which maybe is a very nine thing to do too. Like yeah, it's like sure. This, I don't know. That's interesting. But I, see, I could see that. I hadn't really thought about that way. I hadn't either, but I, just as we were mm-hmm. talking. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm bothered by tension as much as you are, so I don't know that I look for ways to release it. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. So tell me then about not being bothered by tension. Oh, I mean, not that it doesn't bother me, but I think I'm pretty comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Mm. Not, I mean, not always, but... <laughs> Maybe this is that Hidden Enneagram podcast here. We keep talking about <laughs> it. But that makes sense. Yeah, as, as a four. A, as a four and a nine. Yeah. That I would have less patience and to- for, tolerance for, for tension, tension just conflict sitting or, there. Yeah. In a group setting. Yeah. And maybe does it feel um, I think like dishonest to or something to like... To release attention? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Not dishonest, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't think I feel that need. Yeah. I think when I do feel the kind of tension um, that needs to be released or that I'm uncomfortable with is mm-hmm. when I feel myself uncomfortable. Mm. Or like when I'm doing something awkward or out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. like even starting podcasts, <laughs> I mean, I'm becoming more comfortable with starting podcasts. But sure. but those kinds of like new experiences where there's some spotlight on me or where I don't have a clear role and I don't know what's expected of me, mm. that tends to make me feel very tense. And so then I tend to try to release that with humor, usually, usually self deprecating humor. Well, that, that's interesting. Which, one of the one of the other things that we did yeah. um, to explore comedy and humor is we learned about different styles of humor yeah, and ways so in which people use humor. Yeah, apparently there's been some actual research. We took a quiz each to say, to show yeah. which of the four types of humor we generally tend towards using most. Yeah, it's the Humor Styles Questionnaire, or HSQ. Go. And it was put together by a psychologist in 2005. Um, so relatively, I mean, that feels really recent to me, I guess it's 15, 15 years, years ago. <laughs> but yeah, they were studying humor and it's such a variable subject, subjective thing that it was a hard thing to study. And so mm-hmm. what they found they could study is how people use humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really what this test looked at is different humor styles and ways that people use humor. And so there are four of them yeah, what apparently are the four types? that we learned. So there's affiliative humor, which um, is defined as a style of humor used to enhance one's relationship with others in a benevolent or positive manner. That would be my releasing group tension. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and you do that usually not by finding someone a scapegoat. You're, you're not taking that out on anyone else to release that tension. It's right. generally just a it's often a word pun or something kind mm-hmm. of witty or like it's it's just group bonding no one's getting hurt by it it's pretty um benevolent yeah i think that is the style that i use most so sort yeah. of this like kind of inside joke but for everybody yes so that's affiliative um humor and then there's self 
enhancing humor, mm. which is this re- is related to having um, a good natured attitude toward life or having the ability to laugh at your circumstances and idiosyncrasies of life in constructive, non-detrimental manner. Mm. Which is also positive, and no one's being hurt in this one or being, you know. But it sounds like that one is a little more like having to do with just having kind of a positive outlook on life. Laughing at not people, but circumstances, maybe. Yeah, just kind of having a positive outlook on life and a humorous outlook on life. Maybe mm-hmm. seeing kind of the humorous in um, situations or in, in things mm-hmm. like that. And then the third is aggressive humor. And so this is potentially detrimental towards others. This type of humor is characterized by the use of sarcasm, put-downs, teasing, criticism, ridicule, other types of humor used at the expense of others. So obviously that can get a laugh, but can be have a negative connotation. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then self-defeating humor, which is characterized by the use of potentially detrimental humor towards the self in order to gain approval from others. So this is like, yeah, making fun of yourself, basically. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so we took this test. So my highest was self-defeating um, or self-deprecating, mm-hmm. and Brian's highest was affiliative, which felt consistent, I thought, don't you think? Made sense to me. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting to read a little, like, it sounded like the self-defeating or self-deprecating humor often was a cover for low self-esteem or the, you know, which felt mm-hmm. very, I, I think that's true. I think that is something that I have struggled with and I'm in trying to overcome in my adult life mm-hmm. um, yeah that's been fun for me to watch you step out more and recognize your value yeah. it's interesting to look at struggling. these different types of humor in the context of tension i hadn't really thought about that until just us talking now yeah and the types of tension that one is more comfortable with maybe would then let kind of lead yeah. you to one of these styles yeah yeah yeah, that's like, interesting. This is the tension that I need to release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that makes sense. Like, I'm I'm personally tense or feeling uncomfortable in the situation. And so I'm going to, yeah, make fun of myself. And generally doing that is, like, generally when I feel most tense is when I feel uncertain of my place or role in a group. Mm. And it's very personal. Maybe it's sort of a way of seizing control of my place or role in a group by making fun of myself. Uh Like I'm going to choose to be at this low place in the group because I can then control it. I don't know, maybe not, but maybe there's some of that in that for me. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm pretty comfortable with I don't want to say I'm comfortable with other people feeling tense, but uh, I, th- I mean, in, in true Enneagram 4 fashion, other people's emotions don't scare me. Uh-huh. Um, and other people's anxiety or tension or grief or, you know, like those things. That feels authentic. Yeah. I, I want to like dig into that. Uh-huh. Let's talk about that. Yeah. But I could see for you, like other people's emotions feeling kind of, not scary, but I, I mean, it, it feel like something that you need to release or cover mm-hmm. over or yeah, like, yeah. let's make you laugh. Because we can help deal with this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And, and I, it's true. You can help deal with it through humor sometimes. But for me, I feel like humor is in those kinds of situations is a way of avoiding what you're feeling. Sure. Uh-huh. So I avoid what I'm, what I, my insecurity by mm-hmm. making fun of myself right. and avoid dealing with my insecurity because that's what's tense and uncomfortable for me. Sure. But I can deal with someone else's insecurity all day long. I will sit and listen and cheer you on. And But I want to like dig in. What is it you're really feeling right, insecure right. about? What's really there? What's? I just don't want to do that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those were the two big things we kind of looked at or studied with humor this week. Yeah. It'll be interesting <laughs> to, to notice 
the different four the four styles that we talked about and yeah. where is there tension in this yeah in anything that we we look at moving forward in, in the next quarter yeah the other things i came across like as i was finding things i think a lot of things i saw were talking about humor as being related to surprise mm. um and i hadn't really related that to tension before but now it kind of makes sense like when you're surprised there's this tension of like not oh that didn't go how i thought i sure. didn't that, they didn't respond the way i thought they were going to this wasn't mm -hmm. um yeah and, and those tend to be humorous situations when things don't go the way we expect or that right yes yeah the unexpected twist or... mm -hmm. so onward <laughs> we'll keep exploring humor we would love for you to keep exploring with us and yes yeah episode two done <laughs> check <laughs> this podcast lives at bethsteadman.com yes and you slash can podcasts or email or follow along there yep and subscribe that's the thing you can really do <laughs> that's it until next week let's get funny <laughs> let's get <laughs> funny <laughs>